Previously on Tob Radio. Chris Archer should have pitched to Josh Bell because he's comfortable giving up home runs. Ah, you go down, you go down the there. Highway 129 and is down there a piece. Uh, don't give Scoot any ice cream because he might get an anastuckus. <laughs> <laughs> this week on Tob Radio. I was at a Mexican restaurant for lunch, which is where you always watch your basketball. The cream rises to the top, the intercontinental champion. I get to call you Scooty Macho Man Cabbage. DeMarcus Cousins. Cousin? Ooh, yeah. So sit back, crack open a cold one, and get ready for the old boys. All right, everybody, hello and welcome to the old boys. I'm Guido along with Scoot. Yeah, yeah. And Johnson. Survived a seven honker today, boys. Oh, boy, you had a seven honker at the office today. That's, uh, that's, that, so that's code for tornadoes, gentlemen. Oh, oh, that's uh, <laughs> something else. Hang on, let me else. get my pamphlet out to see what that means. <laughs> I many? need to forward that to you guys, but I digress. Seven consecutive honks. Consecutive. Means find means, means the finds a safe place. The S is hitting the F, and you need to find a safe place. Now, was it as hot this week for you guys as it was everywhere else up here? It oh, was like hot. we were a hundred and one degrees up here. It was hot. So, Johnson, if we're a hundred and one, like down where you are, it's got to be like one twenty. It's just yeah. It sun. was. It was instead of numbers, it's S U N. You might <laughs> yes, it is. Um, <laughs> you may recall though, I was in Scoot's neighborhood last week. oh yeah so. yeah so how how was that you guys get to hang out with each other we did and, have a little uh, bit of a hangout we had a little bit of a hangout session yeah yeah it was yeah. good it was good um were there any were there any challenges did any challenges take place uh, i mean yes there were like did you guys like we, we throw the pigskin around we <laughs> we shoot the hoops what did we do i mean i don't know if i'd call it a challenge but uh we had a recreational uh some competition the basketball around in the pool some Wait, what, so you wouldn't you wouldn't call it a challenge. So at no point it wasn't a competition. There was no, no, no like it was just a friendly. Hey, let's see what you can do. Let me show you what I can do, kind of thing. Yeah, no, you weren't anyway. You weren't, it was a no. full on competition. <laughs> I have a feeling like it was. It had to be like some sort of full on competition. Scoot never just does something that's a competition, kind of not like a competition. It was it was clearly a competition. Yeah. What uh, what did you guys play? You played a little like horse or something? That that is what we played. Yeah, we got into we got into a round of horse or three or something like that. Three? What? Like how many rounds of like you guys playing like multiple rounds of horse to see well, if somebody could win? Is well, that the, more, be the more that I won, the, <laughs> the more, more the more that you won, the more that Scoot extended the series. So oh uh, yeah. He would he'd hurt his leg on the first round of horse and then he'd be, that one doesn't count. Let's play another one. Well, I'd hit the winning shot. Best of three. Now this was pool basketball. This pool was uh, basketball. Yeah, in the pool. Yeah. So, so were we, you like? You know, we had the kiddos together. They wanted to get in the pool. So being the good fathers that we are, I mean, we were we were there with the kiddos, you know, watching them. And so Scoot's got the basketball hoop, and one thing leads to another, and suddenly we're in a feisty game of horse. Scoot, to me, it sounds like. I'm just I'm just trying to read between Johnson's line he, lines here. Really sounds like he schooled you. That's kind of what it sounds no, no, like no, to me. No, no, no. He he did not school <laughs> me. 
first let me let me state this. I realize that we're both <laughs> shooting with the same basketball. However, However, something has happened to this basketball. Oh yeah, uh, that's I blame true. I blame my daughter, my oldest daughter. But now we both had to negotiate this, so it's a little bit oblong. So it's not okay. it's not a round ball. So it's very difficult. It adds to it, the degree of difficulty. It's got some eggness to it, if you will. But but it was an even it was even playing field. Like yeah. you, he yeah okay okay yeah. Okay. Um, All right. So some might argue. Not, I guess okay. I would have a slight advantage in that I'm a little bit taller. Yeah, so there's more of you out of there's more of you out of the water. Well, and Guido, some might say that Scoot has an advantage because he lives there. Oh yeah, home home pool advantage. (laughs) Home home pool advantage. Home pool advantage. He's probably practiced with the oblong basketball before. Yeah, right. Um, Just as Seabass practiced for like a month left-handed throwing, you know, before I got there, and dunks, Scoot was practicing his his shots from different areas of the pool. Now I know you were the guest Johnson, uh, at, uh, the scoot abode who, who, uh, initiated the challenge who said, Hey, let's, let's, let's horse it up a little bit on the pool basketball hoop. Clearly um, scoot. That was come on. That clearly. Was, yeah, scoot. Was, so scoot, scoot was the one. So, you know, they, you know, scoot like the night before was out in the pool <laughs> doing a little <laughs> shooting around, practicing, warming up, knowing, knowing that he was going to challenge you to it's, some, uh, I will not hide behind the fact that I have shots that have names. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Like crossing the Delaware. He hit me with a, where crossing you get on the Delaware, where you get on one tough. knee, you point with your left arm and then you shoot <laughs> The ball with your right. <laughs> but I had, and then we can move on, Guido, but I, I hit him with, I had a patented shot from the lounge. Oh, so okay. so the ladies were sitting on the steps that like walk up to the, you know, the um, patio. I could go sit on the steps and hit a shot that Scoot has yet, has yet to put one in on, I think. So that that's I true. could get him from the lounge. Then up on the deck, um, he had he had like sun chairs and stuff. I called that the VIP section, and I hit a couple shots from the VIP section, which that he, that you I might argue isn't really pool basketball when you're not in the pool. So we should have avoided those shots. I mean, <laughs> this is the man. This is the man making up the rules at his own home court. <laughs> Last the, one I hit that he groaned on. I I hit a I hit a bent over backwards, like head in the water looking backwards you know shooting that was that was that was another how about one. mine he, the two he ball. got me yeah he got me behind the back flip it up over his head and it went in he was like a chicken as shocked as i was he got <laughs> like me on that like a, the, the behind the back chicken flip it, it was chicken flip uh well uh <laughs> Congrats, Johnson! Congrats, Johnson, on being the away team and taking well, how taking did the it win. End up? How did it end up? Uh, I actually don't. Go and see. Look, you can tell by you can tell it was not well. We don't. Need, not, I mean, we weren't keeping statistics, so it doesn't really matter how it really ended. Anyway, yeah, uh-huh. he'll get me next time. I'm sure. Next time he'll get you. So, anyways, speaking of basketball, which kind of leads me into uh, the basketball tournament, not like the NCAA tournament, not like the NBA tournament, but the basketball tournament, which is this sort of open uh, tournament challenge between a lot of former big college players that aren't in the NBA, some former NBA players, some like European pro players. That all started, what, last week, right, Scoot? Yes. Uh, I happened to catch this past weekend. I happened to catch a game uh, 
basically out of sheer boredom. There wasn't much on, so uh, surfing through the channels, came across a game between Love is Loyalty and the Kentucky okay. Basketball Commission, I think is what they're the KBC the and KBC. Love is Loyalty. Well, now, so let me let me make sure because I don't know if it was the same game, but I, I did kind of something similar. I was at a Mexican restaurant for lunch, which is where you always watch your basketball. Mm, and that's right. I saw a team that uh, I think Aaron Kraft was on. Am I saying that name right? He was a point guard at Ohio State. Yes. Man, I'm probably not getting that right, but I think that's who it was. And uh, I it, it, so it looked like Ohio State contingent of players, and they were playing somebody else. Now, that might have been in the either the game before or after. I don't think it's the same game you're talking about. The game I watched had um, – there were a couple of familiar names, like uh, Isaiah Austin, who played at, I think, uh, Baylor. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, tall guy with the glasses. He wore the Rex yep. Spec glasses. Yep. He was on one of the teams. Um, I'm trying to think. There was another guy. I want to say he played at Virginia. Um, anyway, it had some had some notable players where you're like, oh, what's that guy been doing? I think like Shelvin Mack, uh, who played at Butler, was on one of the teams. I mean, there was a couple of guys you're like, oh, I remember that guy. Um, Demarcus Cousins' cousin <laughs> is on one of the teams, or Demarcus the- Cousins' cousin. <laughs> um, it's it was interesting only because you spend more time thinking, do I remember that guy or is that yeah, guy a nobody? Right. I did the same thing. Yeah. Like, do I, I remember that guy or was he like but a tell D2 me, guy? So in the game I watched, though, it got pretty contentious. Like, guys really jawing at each other. A couple times I thought they were going to have to break up some See, this like, one was pushing pretty friendly. And fouls. Oh, okay. But what All I right. find to be interesting is I think it's now, I don't know the exact rule, but I think they get to like, four minutes left in the end of the game or last quarter. And then they do something called the Elam score. So they take whoever has the highest score and add nine. And then whoever gets to that, that score, that new score wins the game. What? What? Now say that again. So for example, so if I'm um, down three and we hit the night, the four point, the four minute mark, you add nine, I'm down 12. But if I do like a 13-0 run or something, I still win the game or right. something? Right, right. So the team we were watching, I think they had something they, like, they call let's it, say they... They call it the Elam ending is what they okay. call it. And I think the team I watched had like 81 was their current score. So they Or they had to get to 81. Well, I've never heard of that before, Guido. Like, does so, it say, what? who's Elam? So, I mean, what's so it it's, named it's, after? It's, it's a it, it's a named after a guy named Nick Elam who wanted to clean up like the late game situations in basketball where all of the fouling and everything takes place. I, I guess this guy, this Nick Elam, is part of um, part of uh, uh, he was a, he was a minuscule. I don't know who this guy is. He is a Mensa member. He's a minis, middle school principal and a former Cincinnati Reds groundskeeper and he kind of, <laughs> that's a weird combination of attributes right and so he kind of has gotten fed up especially obviously in the ncaa where it's much more prevalent um of all of the fouling and everything in the last minute or so yeah, of the right. of the game so i'm just reading this as we as we go well so i mean it's creative a, if i mean it is creative a, if team a leads team b 80 to 75 
at the first dead ball with less than four minutes to go, the target score now becomes 87. So the first team to hit 87 wins. So that's how they. That's that, oh, that would be okay. an example. So, of it. so you don't add. You don't add points. So you just seven, set a target score. No, you right. yeah, seven right. points is added to the leading team's score. Oh, so okay. if so the leading do. team is eighty, they add seven points. The first team to reach eighty-seven wins at the first dead ball moment with four minutes left to go in the game. Okay. Kind of interesting. It definitely because then it definitely takes away you know a the good foul, portion of the, the, the yeah, fouling. The, yeah. Right. Did you, and you guys heard about how the prize stuff works with it, right? So there's uh, $2 million total, winner take all, to the to the winning team. 90% of that money goes to the team. So DeMarcus Cousins' cousin gets a certain percentage <laughs> right, of, right. of the winnings of his team wins. The other 10%, 200000 Goes to the number one fan, right? Goes to the it, – it's a fan share. Yeah, it goes to the number one fan. So like you get for being a fan, you get you know you get that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, it is it's, pretty cool. It's an it's an interesting set. Now, is it just that number one fan, or is it everyone that registered it's, as a fan? I think it's it's split between every. It says the winning team's top one thousand fans. So the top one thousand fans will share that ten percent. But still, man, that's you know that's, no, that's not cool. That's too, so if you go to their website. Um, and you can look at the tournament.com. You can look at all the different teams and the players. And it'll even tell you on the, each player's name. It tells you their alma mater, their height, their position, their Twitter handle, and their winning share. Yeah. If they were to win. Like uh, this Kentucky basketball. Chris Lofton, who played at Tennessee, maybe you remember the name. Uh, he would His winning share was 150000 However, um, like Matt Howard who played at Butler with, uh, oh, what's the guy that plays on the Celtics? Yeah, yep. yep Gordon. Yep, yep. Gordon. Yep. Um, Hayward. He uh, His winning share would be 100000 It's interesting. I wonder how, how do they determine that? They determine it by. Know, maybe just based on, like. Maybe the general manager decides. DeMarcus yeah, Cousins. or how, how yeah. involved they are or how bad the right. guy needs it, I guess. I don't know. Um so we're we're uh, we're the three of us are have a relationship with West Virginia. Uh, me and Johnson, we were born and raised there. Scoot uh, lives there now. Have a, uh, a master's from there, and he also has a master's degree from there. Yeah, that is so that is patently false. That's not true. Johnson also has a degree from I there. I guess that's true. I, I, mean, I, I do not have a degree from West Virginia. Hey, I am the only one that has a graduate degree from there. Do you want to have a competition on degrees? Is that what you're gunning for there? Is that I'm what just, you're going? I'm not. <laughs> Johnson's listen. Johnson's collecting degrees, so don't try to have a competition. <laughs> in. That's uh, that's a low blow. We'll talk about that after the show. <laughs> um, so there are two West Virginia teams. Uh, there's Best Virginia, which is West Virginia University alumni. They have yet to play. They play later this week, um, and they are like in the number one bracket. So the team that has won. Um, every year is called Overseas Elite. They've won the last four years. Um, they're number one in that bracket. West Virginia also plays in that bracket and would face them in the second round if they win. So Best Virginia, which is uh, going to be fun for us, but uh, West Virginia Wildcats, which is the other West Virginia, more of a Marshall-based team, already played and uh, lost in the first round, I think. Um, they lost in their first game. A lot, of, a lot of Marshall guys. Uh, some. Uh, I thought it was also like Eastern Kentucky and other folks, though. I mean, I know yeah, Elmore was kind of the a, highlight, but I thought there were some other guys. 
there's a Mountain East, a couple Mountain East players that were in there. Uh, a guy from uh, UC and um, and uh, there was a guy from AB, which uh, you know I didn't even know all of us had a basketball team. Um, and then yeah, they were just kind of all over. They're mostly Marshall players though uh, were in there. And then um, so they lost. They lost already in I think the first round uh, in this. And then uh, our but I'm excited about. Our West Virginia University team that's 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 going to be up. It's it's uh, some some it's some pretty cool players from recent WVU history. I think. So I see that they're playing. So Best Virginia is playing Royalty, which is some team related to Old Dominion, like Old Dominion alumni. Do we know anything I, about those cats? Uh, I, I looked at them real brief. Uh, they don't look like any names I recall. Yeah, me either. I didn't I didn't know any of the names. They were they're all Old Dominion. Um, mostly, and the game is so, being played in Richmond. In Richmond, so that's that is, and it's. I think that's at Old Dominion's. Yeah, uh, they're playing on Old Dominion's. Like, so I think it's funny court. that they're named Best Virginia, and they're going to be in the middle of Virginia playing. So that should endear them to the home crowd, I'm sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, anyways, uh, our West Virginia team should be pretty pretty fun to watch, um, as they as they play. I, I mean, I'm I'm I, when, does Joe Alexander even play anywhere anymore? I'm excited to see him. China. I think. Uh, he was. Yeah, he was somewhere. I thought he's China huge too. in China. <laughs> huge in China. <laughs> well, I I just like the overall idea of this tournament. I think it's fun. I think if you're like I think Scoot's kind of like me. We're we're big college hoops fans, so it's fun to see who's on these teams and check out their backstories and oh yeah i remember that guy you know i to me that's that's cool that's a neat idea and i think for people like us that let's face it we have i mean we're starting to get guys trickling in but we don't have a big nba contingent of alumni so you know these guys go off they were they were really good college players it's cool to get to root for them again um there's some people on that team that i'm you know uh, they'll be they'll be super fun to root for so i hope they do well right well i think i think what's fun about it i mean i think what's also fun about it is is that you know it has a much more college basketball feel to it and it and and like at least for the best virginia team you know it is it's like an all-star team of guys from the last 10 years or whatever so it'll be kind of fun to see to see that come together and and uh i i uh, i hope they go a little deep in the tournament i mean it'd be nice to see them i know they're playing that number one team uh you know probably in the second round assuming they win the first round and i'm actually it's kind of cool to be able to see this like new sort of ending to a basketball game so Do you be... think there's anybody out there that's like a little disappointed that they didn't get asked from the last 10, 15 years from the best Virginia team? Well, yeah, Pitts, I don't know. Pitts Noggle, what... Pitts Noggle's probably a little upset about it, I would think. Snog's going to pay know. for pizza. What yeah. about uh, <laughs> <laughs> what about the Turk? What about uh, – Oh, I bet, yeah, Dennis. Yeah, Kalichla. What, what about I him? Or really like, um... One guy that comes to mind that's a big WVU – um, alum that he's always he's always talking about the school, especially on Twitter and everything. Alex Ruoff. Yeah, I I oh, don't yeah. know. 
Yeah, you're I'm right. I'm kind of surprised he didn't get asked because he is a professional overseas. He plays yeah, quite he's a bit. still playing. He's he's active right now. Well, it'll be fun watching the uh, watching it, and uh, we'll probably talk about it a little bit more. Yeah, especially it, if no, it'll Virginia be interesting. Deep. But if it's a, if anybody wants to check it out, it's definitely there. It's on ESPN. A lot of the games are going to be if you get ESPN Plus, they're on that, and then some of the championship games, the final, all of that are on ESPN two or regular ESPN. So. Definitely check it out. Well, listen, we're going to take a break. We'll come right back and do Bluff the Fluffs. I think I, I think we got a good one. You guys are going to be excited about this week. So uh, stay right here. Don't go anywhere on Tob Radio. everybody welcome back to tob radio don't forget check us out online tobradio.com it's like the hub to find everything out about us so you can go there and find our twitter find our facebook see what we're talking about all of that stuff and definitely follow us on twitter too because that's where most of the action happens but now it's time for kind of our i'm gonna call it our our hot segment this is a hot segment people like it It's a very popular segment. This is Bluff the Fluffs. It's the challenge between Johnson and Scoot to see who is the smartest at something. And this week is a great, a great topic for you guys. (laughs) I think you would just just leave it at the smartest. The smartest. (laughs) Not at something. Just (laughs) see who's the smartest. Smartest. So so this week, it just came to me an epiphany, and I thought... Oh, yeah, we should do a WWF professional wrestling. Oh, oh, yeah. Bluff the Fluffs. So, this scoot. is a big scoot, problem give for me, Johnson. Scoot, give, give the people an intercontinental the champion. rises to the top, the intercontinental champion. <laughs> Ooh, so, yeah. This week's Bluff the Fluffs is pretty much about 80s and 90s professional wrestling. Space and is the place. Space is the place. And uh, so right now, Scoot leads Johnson four, Bluff the Fluffs to three. Johnson uh, had a nice win last week and is making a comeback. Thank you, you, Canada. Here's here's where this goes awry, though, is Guido will ask us, like, questions about the WWE from the last five years. Yeah. I I will know nothing. Uh, I can guarantee you there is nothing that is... There is nothing that is pre two thousand on here. Okay, so this oh, is you're all eighties yeah, and nineties. I don't. No, think you're there's... you're right, there, Scoot. We'll get hit with the most obscure. My answer uh... is going to be uh, uh, Vince McMahon's daughter. That's all I know. <laughs> she does something. <laughs> I don't no, even know her first a, name. I, d- here, do you know who she's married to? Uh, Triple H. You're very good. Yeah, what? That wasn't that wasn't oh for anything. Gosh, that I'm was a good answer. Killed. <laughs> I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get killed. Good job, good job, Scoot. No points, no points, no points, no points. God, that was really good. You know what that is? That's the guy that's in a layup line who does a reverse dunk, (laughs) while the other guys who can't even touch the net, (laughs) they're like on the other team. I think I pulled a hammy and I got to go sit down all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's good. All right, here we go, here we go. Uh, So before we started tonight's uh, game, we had a random flip of the coin, and Johnson back on top again. First question. Is for you. Here we go. For five points, Johnson. What brand of snack food did Randy Savage act as the spokesperson for in the 1990s? Well, Scoot could do it better, but you're going to want to snap into a Slim Jim. Very good. Very good. Great. Correct answer. It was Slim Jim. So five points 
for Johnson right off the bat. See, I have a feeling this might be one where you guys get them all right, and it just might come down to, you know, the final bluff. So we'll see. Scooty, to you, yeah. all right? In the 1986 WrestleMania two, it took place at three different venues as a pay-per-view. One of the featured bouts was a 20-man battle, battle royale that featured some NFL stars, which one of these NFL players was in that match, all right? Was it Mean Joe Green, the Refrigerator Perry, Ed Too Tall Jones, or Troy Aikman? Which one of those was in the match? Well, can you answer this as Randy Macho Man? Can you answer all the questions as Randy <laughs> Macho Man Savage? I can do that. Yes, I can. Uh, let's see. Troy Aikman, not very tough. I'm going to have to go with Mean Joe Green. Incorrect, Scoot. Scoot, are you serious? Can I steal this? You can steal this for 10 points, John. So in 1986, come on, it's got to be Refrigerator Perry. Very good. Uh, Refrigerator Perry is the correct answer. Johnson takes a 15 to nothing lead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, here he goes. Johnson, back to you. Oh, boy. One of my favorite wrestlers from the 80s, Rowdy Roddy Piper, was famous for having this segment weekly on the WWF as an interview. What was the name of Rowdy Roddy Piper's <sighs> fame interview segment for the WWF? I was hoping you were going to ask me his signature move, <laughs> which would have been the pile driver. Um, his weekly segment, man, I can see it. Like, I know it. Like, yeah, I can, was, my yeah. inner kid watched, the, like, I can project <laughs> it, but I cannot think of the name of it. Um, I'm going to have to go with like, uh, so he was rowdy, Roddy Piper. I'm going to have to go with, uh, it's like rowdy something. Gosh, I'm sorry. I got nothing. Scoot for uh, this. This is deal. tough. This is tough. I'm going to have to say piped up. No, that is incorrect. It was called the Piper's pit. Ah, the Piper's pit. I hate that I missed that. I love Rowdy Roddy Piper. All right, all right. So back to Scoot on this one, Johnson. You still have the lead, fifteen to nothing. Scoot, um, Scoot, stay in character. Okay. <laughs> stay- <laughs> and you went. Can I just? Can I just tell you to you? You went a little bit winded, old man, on that last answer. I want you to stay in character. Well, listen, it, he might turn into a winded old man trying to do Randy well, Savage this whole time. That, that is the risk. Right, that, that is, is the, the risk. risk. All right. Scoot, what famous 1980s rap producer is a huge, is and was a huge fan of professional wrestling and based his hype interviews for the Beastie Boys on some of the fame, on some of the Famous interviews that wrestling manager Jimmy Hart gave. What was the name of the rap producer? This is a tough one. Oh, rap producer. I'm going to say Sean P. Diddy Combs. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. (laughs) That's incorrect. Johnson for 10 points in the steal. Can you repeat the question again? Yeah. Absolutely, not a problem. What famous 1980s rap producer is a huge fan of professional wrestling and based his hype interviews for the Beastie Boys on some of the famous interviews that wrestling manager Jimmy Hart used to give? Man, that is tough because I want to say one of the Beastie Boys, but you're saying it's a rap producer. So I'm going to have to go. 
gosh, rap producer. Who would have been an 80s rap producer that would fall into this? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I can't venture a guess. All right, it was the man who started Jeff Jam Records, Rick Rubin. Oh, Rick Rubin. Okay. Who was the 80s producer of the Beastie Boys and Run DMC. Yeah, yeah. Hello Cool J and All right, anyway. Crap. All right, still 15 nothing Johnson. We are back to you for the question. We know that the McMahon family started the WWF, now known as the WWE, but who was the famous person that started their number one competitor in the 80s, the WCW? Who started it? Yeah, what was the what was the McMahon family started the WWF? Who was the famous person that started the WCW in the 80s, their number one competitor? Man, I really don't no, the WCW. I mean, I certainly know the WCW, but I don't know who started it. Um, famous person who started it. Uh, I don't know. Gosh, I don't know. Again. All right. Scoot for the steal. DC, to beat a man, you got to beat a man. This guy was not the man. Ric Flair, woo. Oh, no. man, that's a good guess. I was going to say a good guess, too, but actually. Incorrect. Think about what channel it was on. The same man who owned the Atlanta Braves. Oh, uh, Ted Turner? TBS and owned CNN. Ted Turner. I didn't know that. He started the WCW to compete with the WWE and wanted to put it on his TBS, wanted to put it on his oh. channel, TBS and then TNT. All right. Oh. Still, you guys kind of, you started strong and then we've got, we've gone weak here. Look maybe at, we'll, look at Bluff the Fluffs teaching us stuff. Though. I know. You learn stuff in it's Bluff educational. the Fluffs. Educational Bluff the Fluffs. So here we go. Uh, back to you. This is a multiple choice question. Who did Hulk Hogan defeat in 1984 to become the WWF champion? Was it Andre the Giant, Rowdy Roddy Piper, the Iron Sheik, or Bruno San Martino? Ooh, that's a tough one. I think, though, that I think it was the Iron Sheik. Very good. Yeah, Correct answer. The Iron good. Sheik in 1984 was defeated by Hulk Hogan. Iron Sheik, became... I believe, was from Georgia. <laughs> and not, <laughs> not, and not from the not Arabian Iran. Peninsula. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, uh, surprise! <laughs> Shocked. <laughs> um, all right, here we go, Johnson. <laughs> back, back to you. In, this is also a multiple choice question. Okay. On the June seventh, nineteen eighty four episode of the WWE's Championship Wrestling, remember that was what they called the weekly show. Uh, championship wrestling. Rowdy Roddy Piper broke a coconut on the head of this guest on Piper's Pit segment. Who was the guest? Was it Jim Duggan, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Sergeant Slaughter, or Jimmy Snuka? Uh, a coconut. Um, definitely not Stone Cold. I'm going to go Superfly Snuka. That is correct. Jimmy Superfly Snooker in that episode of Piper's Pit. And Johnson still holds the lead at 22-5. And we're back to you, Scoot. And this is uh, this is one you might be able to get. I think you should try to answer it in, in, in this, uh, this person's voice. What was Ric Flair's finishing wrestling move? Was it called something like the Pretty Boy something? incorrect oh uh, 
It's incorrect. Uh, All right, Johnson. What was the name of the wrestling move that was Ric Flair's finishing move? I honestly don't know this, but I'm gonna guess. Um, I'm gonna guess he would suplex people. Woo! It was the figure four leg. Oh, jeez. Oh. The figure four was his finishing move. That's pretty weak. Finish, yeah, right? that's pretty. <laughs> That's you, I dare a, you! I dare you to tell. Right, well, now, now or then? That now, I dare <laughs> even now. Yeah, I, I don't want a piece you. of him now. I still, I still dare you. Um, all right, Scoot uh, or Johnson, we're back to you on uh, on this one. Got, I did better at Canadian football. This is mm, kind of surprising. I know you got a pretty you got a pretty big lead right now, twenty to five. You're almost at a point where you can. Give yourself a big enough lead so bluff, final bluff wouldn't even matter. Like, you could just lock it up. Um, so, here we go. Before before setting his... This is, a, this is also a multiple choice question. Okay. Before setting his sights on professional wrestling, Randy Pufo, also known as... Macho Man. Macho Man Randy Savage, actually inspired, was aspired to have a career in what professional sport? Was it hockey, baseball... Basketball or soccer? What professional sport? I believe Mr. Poffo was um, pretty accomplished baseball player before he went into wrestling. That's correct. Randy Macho Man Savage uh, played minor league baseball for both the Reds and the Cardinals. He would actually wrestle in the offseason to make money uh, between minor league seasons. And it got to the point where he was making so much money wrestling that he decided not to play baseball. Which is crazy. It's it's nuts. So all right. So that's uh that's right now a twenty point lead for Johnson. He is leading twenty five to five, and the question is back to Scoot. Multiple choice question here. While we know Scoot that most of professional wrestling, if not all, is scripted, the famous nineteen ninety seven match between Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels at the Molson Center in Montreal was when Vince McMahon covertly changed the outcome of the match without letting the Hitman know, and the Hitman lost the title belt. And that match today is historically known as what? The Canadian Crush, the Montreal Screwjob, the McMahon Mishap, or the Sharpshooter's Revenge? Well, I don't think they would call it a mishap. And I don't know that they would call it a screwjob. I'm going to say it was called the Canadian Crush. Sorry, that is incorrect. Johnson, you could make Final Bluff not even matter if you get this question right here. I feel like with the clientele we're, do- we're dealing with here, Screwjob is in their wheelhouse. So I- that's what I'm going to go with. That is correct. It was called the Montreal Screwjob. It was where... Vince McMahon told the ref to ring the bell prematurely, causing uh, Hart to lose because Hart at the time was the highest paid wrestler in the WWF and Ah. WWE. The numbers were falling. They couldn't make payroll as much anymore. And so he wanted to get rid of Hart. And this is how he he pissed him (laughs) off. Hart left. And that's what happened. So it's called the Montreal Screwjob. There's a great documentary about it if you ever want to watch it. So, Johnson, that gives you a 35 to five lead Scoot, so, i'm i'm literally pile driving you right now i and i just decided i just decided because of your love of coleslaw 
if I win this, then I get to call you Scooty Macho Man Cabbage. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. It's pretty good. So, uh, so we're going to play Final Bluff just for the fun of it because uh, it doesn't matter. And we'll just see if we can have uh, Johnson just stick a dagger in the whole thing. So <laughs> <laughs> for 25 points, Hulk Hogan left the WWF. Oh. By the way, you guys, you guys are going to make honking sounds. All right. Oh, yes, honk. Yeah. <laughs> honk, honk, honk. No, actually, you, should, you have to make wrestling sounds. Okay. So, Scoot, <laughs> it, your sound is going to be. Oh yeah. And Johnson, you're going to do the Ric Flair. Be, woo. Do, woo. Okay. So here you go. Whoever does that. All right. So here we go. Hulk Hogan left the WWF and joined the WCW in 1994. Two years later, at the Bash at the Beach. Hogan turned to a heel and formed what organization with the... Oh, yeah! <laughs> Jeez, he didn't even get the question I out. Know, I didn't even finish the question. Scoot. Go the NWO. That's, that's correct. The yeah, because N- they, they wore the black uh, shirts yeah. and like Hawkster went black bandana and stuff. The, the New World, World Order. So uh, it was supposed to be uh, the Outsiders, which was Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, were having a tag team match against uh, Randy Savage, oh, Sting, yeah. and Lex Luger, and a third mystery wrestler. And that mystery wrestler ended up being Hulk Hogan. Let me tell you something, brother. <laughs> <laughs> what you gonna do? <laughs> what you gonna do when the Johnson comes for you? <laughs> oh, that sounds horrific. <laughs> like I wouldn't, I wouldn't want that either. That would be truly scary. Uh, but congratulations, Johnson! Yeah. Thirty-five to thirty. Scoot Lee's made it look respectable, but you won, Johnson. So that nice. ties it up. Four bluff the fluffs apiece now, all tied up. Johnson came back from a big deficit, has won, and has got you back to where you've got Scoot against the ropes. Scoot. <laughs> Scoot, two For weeks this in season. a row? Uh, know, you wait, man. next week, he's going to take care of me. He's going to do uh, either the Wonder Years or Saved by the Bell. <laughs> i thought he took care of you this week man i feel like i'm i'm feeling pretty good about beating you at, at 80s wrestling trivia that was uh that was good that was fun all right well listen let's take a break we're gonna come back and talk a little bit of uh crazy mishaps and going ons in baseball this week so uh so stay right here we'll be right back on tob radio All right, welcome back to Tob Radio. I'm Guido along with Scoot and Johnson. Don't forget, find us on the Twitter. I'm at Tob Guido. Scoot's at Tob Scoot. And Johnson is at Tob Johnson. But those are zeros, not O's. That's so right. don't forget that. You know, you got to get those zeros in there. Common uh, name. Give common me a break. Name. So uh, baseball, kind of not really baseball talk this week, just like, uh, crazy stuff that happened a little bit in baseball this week starts off with an actually pretty fresh story with the New York Mets put up advertisements. So the New York Mets are and continue to be like, I feel the dumpster fire of Major League Baseball because they're a team that one has the money and the ability and really some of the players to to actually they should win games. They've 
They have a decent pitching staff. They have good players, but they can't put it all together for some for well, some reason. And don't they also have? I mean, they generally regarded really nice facility too, right? I mean, don't they have a nice ballpark? So I it's mean, a it's a it's a fairly new ballpark, only a couple of years old. It's it's super nice, but they really helped out their fans. I, I think today or yesterday by putting new advertisements up on the foul poles and they put you know how like foul poles have like the, the the you got the pole and then you got a little bit of that mesh area where they want to see like if the ball hits so they know if it goes left you know right so they've had that mesh area so they put advertising up on that mesh area and uh, i sent you guys a picture to see what it looks like it's uh it's chick chick-fil-a advertising that blocks <laughs> the view of home plate if you bought tickets in the corners so it feels you, so mets it's doesn't so doesn't mets. It, i'm, it I'm also so gonna mets. say this in theory if the ball hits that screen is it is it it's in fair territory. It's a home run. It's fair territory. Yeah, okay. it's fair. Yeah, it's a it's a fair ball. Yeah. Okay. So if it hits if it I'm, hits the Chick Fil A other way if it hits around. the Chick Fil A advertisement if it hits the Chick Fil A advertisement it's it's a fair ball it's a it's the it's, I kept it's feeling ridiculous. that the, the let me ask this question what's the purpose of the mesh uh, I don't know I think it's I think if if it, if you if you're an umpire and you see the ball close to the foul pole and you can't tell if it's fair so it or foul if it if it hits the mesh and falls down you know it's fair if it goes yeah. the other way you know it's it's foul so i, I tend to agree with scoot though because i don't know not to die not to get off on a tangent but couldn't you if it hits low couldn't you accidentally run the risk of mistaking it as a ground rule double instead of a home run if it bounces off the mesh well and now they have replay so it doesn't matter anyway i don't think well you know. regardless the advertisement is so big <laughs> and so bulky big. like who's i who thought this was a good someone that's never sat out in the stands Right. Thought this was a great idea, apparently. Well, and an ob- and also Johnson, it's it's from one of your favorite established advertising from I, one of your favorite I mean, establishments. Look, as the resident Chick Fil A correspondent for the show, uh, I'm all for the Chick Fil A advertising, but I think application has to be questioned here. And what I don't understand is, don't they make like they make like mesh stuff that you can see through now in advertising? They like you know how they do the all state banner at football where you can see exactly the all, you could see you, through. You the took the words out of my mouth, <laughs> like, or or these are like solid pieces the, of plywood. These yeah, are solid pieces of plywood I mean, that it people looks cannot like see something through. I sawed together in my backyard <laughs> shop or something. Like let them let Chick Fil A paint the the pole chick-fil-a you know advertising or there's or you're right let the mesh be see-through chick-fil-a stuff i mean there's like a million other things i can think of than it's just a giant placard that runs and how tall is this like goes, how far it goes all the way to the top like, oh so you my, start at the top are you and kidding a, at the top of the foul pole there's a one of those uh cows one of those chick-fil-a cows oh my and then yeah. it says one side says chicken's way so fair. it's like eat, it's like eat more chicken type advertising yeah, it's like the, the length chicken, of the foul for the chicken and the oh other side the other side says root for the chicken yeah right so it's it's it's, it's the most met thing ever well, I mean, and everyone in the like you know Brooklyn, uh, Flushing area of New York now hates Chick-fil-A if oh they right didn't, if they didn't, if they didn't already opinion, yeah yeah, so uh, so anywho, I thought uh, I thought that was interesting, like just ridiculous Chick Fil A ness. I can tell you, like I went to um, 
I went to a, a ball game this past Sunday. Yeah. And uh, they do a Chick-fil-A advertisement in between the innings where they have uh, the cow and a big bullseye and they have some schlep who's been chosen out of the crowd <laughs> with some sort of video <laughs> camera and he has to try to find the cow with the bullseye in the crowd. Okay. All and right. If since it's a pirates game, since there aren't a lot of people, you're pretty. Yeah, I would think a cow would stick out. A cow with a bullseye is going to stick out. Yes, so that is how Chick Fil A advertises in Pittsburgh. Speaking of which, you went to the you went to the pirates game this weekend. Something kind of interesting happened at that. By the way, sorry, not to interrupt, but Um, uh, I got a hot dog and I had some ketchup on it. Um, I also got some French fries. You mean the other stuff that was interesting? Yeah, that's clearly not what he's no. talking about. Okay. No, I'm talking about. Uh, I was. I saw. I didn't watch the game. I wasn't watching the game live, but I did see the highlight of a fan uh, casually, nonchalantly strolled out onto the field. It was very it relaxed. Was ridiculous. So, I'm. I was on the Where, first like, base side. Yeah. This guy comes out from the third base side. Now, that's also where the grounds crew hangs out so he came out and he was walking and i thought did he did he jump the fence or did he walk out through the like there's like a loose there's like a little gate door there i know what you're talking about there's he must have jumped the fence but i thought he came like he was pretty clear he had to be real close to like where they roll up the tarp that area right because i thought when i saw him walking i thought Oh, we must be going into a, another rain delay. He's going to talk to the umpires about this rain delay. Now, you thought he was like a, an official of some sort. Yeah, like he out. was. I mean, he was wearing a blue shirt. Was he, he walking? Away. Was he we, walking in a general direction, or was like he toward like home heading? plate? He was walking toward he, home plate. And the kind of crazy thing about it is, he walked. He walked, and then I, I mean, he strolled. Like he wasn't. There was no speed to no. his movement, and it, he was on the field a long time. Like. I don't. Where were the security? Where was security well, at? I don't know. Like that's what. It, and, and they didn't run. They None didn't. of them. Like they came no, out eventually, but they didn't really ran. run. <laughs> it was like the it was the weirdest thing, thing ever. And he and so eventually he, got to home plate, and he tried to like shake hands with the uh, with Brad Brad Miller. Miller. Yeah, right. And Brad Miller backed away from him, but I mean, as long as he if he didn't think he had a gun, which he shouldn't if he's in the stadium, I would have right. pounded that fool with my bat. He had his bat in his hand, <laughs> right? I mean, it was kind. Of, it was very strange because in the and and if you watch it, I watched it a couple of times. And if you watch it, the umpire like kind of gestures towards him, like welcome. Like I felt, yeah. I thought the umpire was like welcoming him to home plate. I was like, what is this? Like, <laughs> it was bizarre. But he, man. It was he jumped weird. the fence. So Johnson, I, I, you have you been to PNC Park before, Johnson? No, no, I've just seen. Photos. So so they keep the tarp just on the other side of the pirates dugout. So okay. maybe 10 feet past the pirates dugout. So this guy came out around there somewhere and literally just walked in front of the pirates dugout nice and slow and you see uh, who was catching that day, Scoot? Uh it was uh Stallings? No. Uh, Elias Diaz, Elias Diaz. Uh, yeah. well, how did see, he? How did he make it past the Pirates dugout without I don't know. anyone? Everybody just him. Everybody kind of looked at him. And here's the back. So I did a little research on the backstory. Uh, what do you think might have prompted him to 
get on the field? Alcohol. Uh, well, I, I would that assume was, that was involved. I, I would. I would assume alcohol. And he's a big Brad Miller fan. And a bet. He was bet uh, to he, somebody betted him to do it. Oh, there was okay. So it was like a college prank thing. Five dollars. I mean, like, <laughs> come on. Five dollar bet. <laughs> <laughs> it was a $5 bet to go out on the field. That's ridiculous. Uh, he man. got charged with two criminal charges. <laughs> uh, like, uh, you know, trespassing and then... I mean, it's uh, I not it funny, like but $5 so disrupting next a public time, place or something. Next time, next time uh, we're at a... Uh, at a you're at a pirates game i'm gonna text you i'll be like hey i'll venmo yeah. you i'll venmo you 20 bucks if you run out on the field scoot and you're gonna be like oh i don't know what venmo i is. don't know what venmo is I don't know. it's no good to me your money's no good to me and uh yeah he so he's got that and then he got uh you know of course the night in jail yeah. plus uh he is banned from pnc park because of said thing but well, i don't but i argue you, how are you, you have to th- pnc park you you have to think, though, that calls into a lot of review of safety measures at well, PNC by the t- by the security folks or whoever. I mean, they, I, they're, they're maybe tip, just because of the guy's gate or something, but there's no way he should have been able to stroll down to home plate. No, not no, I was now. If I got some it. people I've seen on Twitter have said that the real crime was that he was wearing jeans on a hundred degree day. <laughs> He was. It was super hot. He was wearing like jeans. Yeah, this guy say that his shirt should have been a crime because it was like a weird Hawaiian print. It's like a, with a so t-shirt this, with with a t-shirt underneath. I mean, this yeah. guy was just he was just a juxtaposition of bad decisions that <laughs> yeah. day. Definitely. Yeah. Well, and again, but guys, this is all going to be a moot point in a year or two, anyways, because they're going to end net. up running net all the way down to the foul poles, so it doesn't matter. But. Nobody's gonna be able to get and see. Get I don't know if I like that. I, th- I mean, I get it. I understand it, but I'm gonna feel like you're going to the zoo. Yeah, like you're yeah. watching animals in a zoo. Uh, yeah. That's a that's an interesting debate. Maybe even a maybe even a future segment. But I that to me that's an interesting debate because if you follow, I follow a ton of sports writers on Twitter and there's a whole camp of people that are like, why is this even a discussion? Why hasn't it already been done at every park? And then you know what the problem I, is? and then a lot of fans chime in saying, "No, don't don't, don't do that do to the game." No, I'm it, see, it, so again, it's it's interesting. It's you're an right. interesting this conversation. Be, we'll do this as another segment, but I'm just going to leave it with this, and then we'll move on. It, 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 they're doing it because people are going to the baseball games now and not watching the baseball. They're going to the baseball games and playing on their phones and eating their hot dogs and doing whatever, and they're not watching the baseball. And so, don't come to the games. But you you see Let it too, those there, of Guido, right? I mean, yeah. you see that. Like, I follow a lot of baseball I writers, follow, and I'm the same, they're I'm, chiming in. Like, why hasn't this already been done at every sports park? It's ridiculous. You know, it's like crazy. So, anyways, well, listen, that'll be a future segment because it's going to become a rule. And when we next year in the off season, when I've got something to complain about, that'll be. <laughs> All right, well, listen, let's take a break. We'll come back with everybody's favorite segment, hashtag open segment, right here on Top Radio. Don't go anywhere. All 
All right, welcome back to Top Radio. It's time for everybody's favorite segment, hashtag open segment, brought to you by Tactical Legion Knives. Tactical Legion Knives, they're cut above the rest. Go to Amazon.com, type in Tactical Legion Knives, get yourself a knife, and go cut something for Christ's sake. So, uh, <laughs> Tactical Legion Knives. Scoot, what do you got for us for open segment? Okay, well, uh, I've not done any real international travel, but have you fellas done some international travel? Well, we know uh, I have. Fact. I have once. Uh, no, more than that. I would say. Uh, does Mexico count as international? I guess. Yeah. Sure. It's another you nation. Flown, you yeah, flew yeah. to Mexico. Yeah. I flew yeah. to Mexico. I've flown to Aruba. I've gone to Europe. Johnson go, went, used to go to Europe like every other week. And, and Scoot, how would you yeah, say, you might, um, Scoot? You might Scoot, not think you, it, but I have a pretty full passport. Scoot, you've never wait for before we get too far. Scoot, you've never left the the United States. Uh, I've been to Canada a lot. Okay. Um, I've been to Puerto to Rico, which is not really, I not really, kind of is, but kind of not really. really. Okay. All right. Um, so you've not been to Europe? No, no, no. Okay. Um, now, have you been to Spain, Johnson? Um, no. No. Okay. Yeah, right. Well, I don't know if, uh, do you find. Well, I've s- been to Portugal. Can okay. I count that? Uh, is yeah, yeah i mean it's not yeah. the same but it sort of is <laughs> sort of the same. It's like, i mean you know scott scooty knows i mean like knows geom- you know you know, know geometry, geometry scooty and based on my geometry knowledge i don't think they're the same but um <laughs> all right would so you anyways. say that security is more stringent in europe than it is here at the airports or does it seem more laid back uh it I feel like I'm going to say it's more laid back. Okay. Well, then maybe this will come to you as a surprise. Okay. A Colombian man, so a man from Colombia, uh, was detained at Barcelona's International Airport here recently. Uh, Why you under? Well, I'll tell you. He had a half a kilo of cocaine hidden under his oversized toupee. (laughs) (laughs) So he kind of looked like Don Beebe going through security, is what you're saying. He arrived from Bogota, and he attracted police attention as he looked nervous and had a disproportionately large hairpiece (laughs) under his hat. Was he, like, sweating a powdery substance or something? Uh, They found the package stuck to his head with about $34,000 of cocaine. Oh, my gosh. How big? How how how? What size? How much is thirty four? Does he also run advertising at Mets Stadium? Because <laughs> yeah, right. that is City the Field. worst idea I've ever heard. Like, I'm just gonna stroll through security, big head style. Um, the what kind of was it? Like, a, I just I would like to see the toupee. Like, was it an afro? Like, maybe it was like a big fro. Like, it was like it was like, like like kid and play. See, kid and play. Like, yeah, he had like a high top. <laughs> They do not show like the a, hairpiece. A scoot, just, a scoot, a scoot, high top fade. You got to tuck it up underneath the high top. Like, yeah, like some sort of Kenny Lofton looking cut. You yes, have to get the yes. Arsenio Hall, the Arsenio Hall, like <laughs> Kenny Lofton, square. Yeah, right. Early Fresh Prince of Bel Air kind of. Maybe a maybe an Akeem from Coming to America, something <laughs> like that. <laughs> what are you hiding in that high top? <laughs> um. The guy, now you can't, they, they put a picture in the article. Uh, he looks to be an older gentleman. I'm going to say roughly early 60s. 
his normal hair is very short and looks like he shaves the top of his head. But now let me let me ask you what is probably an obvious question here. Yes. They picked him up in Spain. Yes. Arriving. Yes. So your so question he, he got wait. so he got through some airport security. Here it is. You guys get here's the here is the picture. <laughs> oh shoot, there's an ad that popped up. <laughs> see, see the article oh, I, I saw did not have that. That is there you great. Go. That's hilarious. There you go. Hold on. That, so, that is that it is. That's right what there. you can see there. Yes, <laughs> that's where you can see that. But here is with the, the toupee picture. on. The yeah, toupee the on. <laughs> it's hilarious. It, uh, we'll we'll tweet right, this out. So we'll, yeah, it. we'll tweet. We'll, tweet we'll, out this. we'll link to that in the show notes too. That's hilarious. Yeah, uh, uh, he has what looks to be like a bird's it's nest. Like the worst. It's like the worst case of bedhead you've ever seen. <laughs> it's like a ridiculous it, bird's nest. It's not even, yeah, right. Like, I think if, I mean, you're not trying that hard. As like a drug smuggler. You should try a little yeah, harder. I mean, you know, what do you think the guys, you know, that, that stuff it up the whoop, you know, and they smuggle the drugs in are saying about this guy. He's like, oh, amateur. you know, Jimmy's an amateur. He didn't try really hard. Well, you know? and like who, who was with him in front of the mirror? Like, yeah, it looks fine. Just that, cool, just like natural. You'll yeah, be just, fine. yeah, right. Like, There's some drug lord in Colombia who's like, yeah, yeah, man, you got it. Looks, yeah, it you looks got this. great. You look you awesome. Got this. Well, and apparently, I mean, for good reason, he didn't act normal. Like he was like nervous. Like, do you think they're gonna notice? What do you think? How about if I look at me from the side? How do I look? Does it is it noticeable? Like he would have been better off. <laughs> Maybe if a little more it, product. Like, I don't know. Like in the, his back pockets or something. <laughs> he, it's ridiculous so i thought maybe i don't know maybe you've come across something uh maybe in your travels yeah i feel like all the places i've traveled to they would have picked that out i feel like they would have been they would have been on that guy pretty quick i mean i've seen when i flew to to uh puerto rico there's like a bin it's like a, it's kind of like the bin of misfit toys it is yeah. the bin of misfit-sized shampoo bottles okay. and snow globes and yep. anything with the liquid. Anything like, liquid. Yeah, there's this bin where everyone's had to drop. Although their- I, I do remember of of the places I've been. I remember now. This was pre nine nine eleven too. I went to the Bahamas once and we flew into Nassau and I remember getting off the plane walking down the jetway and then you kind of walk into you know it's not really customs i guess in the bahamas i guess it is but it didn't feel like customs but anyway regardless there was a guy there and i just remember he goes he looked at us and he goes got any guns and we went no and he was like welcome to nassau and i was like okay that was weird but i'm i'm a truthful guy so i wasn't lying but you didn't, you didn't keep them under I your... I feel like maybe... You didn't stuff the them under your toupee? <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. I didn't have a Beretta. I like, can tell you a very head. quick story. Uh, a couple years ago, I went to Florida, and uh, I had to switch planes in Chicago. So okay. I flew to Florida. I had a... Um, I don't think I had a checked bag. Maybe I did. But I also had a backpack with me. And so I'm... Got on the you plane. Got pulled, got, you got pulled to the side. I you? did not, but I did get. So I got on the plane, flew from Pittsburgh to Chicago. Mm-hmm. In Chicago, I had a small layover, so I was sitting down in the gate area, and I noticed something shiny 
in one of the mesh pockets on the side of my backpack. And um, ironically, as soon as I saw the shiny thing, I knew exactly what it was. It was my three-inch blade uh, knife. That's no pocket no bueno. knife. No bueno. Yeah, you think? So, uh, so not a tactical legion knife. Not a tac. No, this was before I knew about tactical legion. Now all my knives okay. are tactical legion. Right, right, right. Um, right. Of course, of course. So I saw this. I'm like, holy cow! What do I do? First of all, I was amazed. I got through security with it. I just say, you yeah, were that was my first question. Yeah, went, how did you I, get like that they far? Put the bag in. They scanned it. I took it. Now, it was a, a knife that I had had. I I went like on a camping trip a couple months prior. And I thought I lost that knife. I didn't know where it was. Well, it was in the mesh pocket of that backpack. But anyway, um, so my first thought was, holy crap, I'm going to get zip-tied and stuck in a small closet-like room, (laughs) and they're going to just pound me with questions. So I thought, should I throw this thing out? If somebody sees me throwing out a knife, they're going to think I've done something already. And I'm going to get zip tied. Oh my gosh, you're making it worse in your head. Yeah, I was freaking out. So what I did was I grabbed the knife and I stuck it in my front pocket. And I thought, I don't think I have to go through another metal detector. See, I Let's, think that's where I, that was a bad decision. Yeah, I, I was. Like I'm going to go that was a bad decision. Yeah, I, well, I keep, going. I, keep going. I rode in the plane with it, but I had my hand on the knife the entire time because I didn't want it to fall out of my pocket. This is terrible. It you're making like you're it a worse. Crazy person. I didn't want it you're to fall out of my pocket. That sounds like it's exactly the last thing you want to do. I would now. I'll tell you what I would do. I think Johnson will agree with me. I would have taken it out of the mesh pocket. That was a good move. You don't want it to be visible. But then I would have unzipped my bag and like rolled it up in a pair of pants or my underwear or something and stuck it under like seven other things in my bag. Yeah, I mean, I agree, Scoot. And actually the do nothing option would have been just fine in this case because if they do find it, you're like, oh man, man. you know what? I I totally forgot. You're right. I apologize. Not... I'm a stewardess walking by. Hey, did you see the guy in 8A that's got his hand on the knife in his pocket? Like, what are you doing, Scoot? Right. Or in my case, did you see the crazy guy rolling a knife up in a pair of, like, jockey shorts? (laughs) Like, 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 it's a kind of a lose-lose situation, right? I I, I hear you. I hear you. I did what I thought I could do. I didn't. And then you get to your destination, and then you ship it back to your house. Well, I think I checked my bag. You're going to check. You're going to FedEx You can check that. You can check that, yes. Yeah, so I checked it. Where were you flying from, though, that you flew through Chicago to to? Were you Pittsburgh flying from to like Chicago. Toronto or something? <laughs> no, I don't know. Like, where were you starting uh, from? Pittsburgh. You know, it's I just your usual from... dog leg of a ride. <laughs> go, go north to go south. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys. Well, listen, another great episode, and uh, we'll be back sooner than later. Uh, but before we go, Scoot, can you tell us a little bit about our sponsor, Tactical Legion? Tactical Legion Knives. It's a family-owned and operated company with a focus on heavy-duty knives. We love knives and have been in the knife industry for more than 15 years. When you buy a knife from us, you're buying a knife to last. We're a cut above the rest. Tactical Legion. All right, thanks, Scoot. Guys, have a uh, have a good one. We'll talk to you next time. And uh, everybody, don't forget to check out Tactical Legion Knives on Amazon.com. And also, don't forget to find us on the internet, TobRadio.com. Check us out on Twitter and follow us on Facebook. And we'll see you guys next time right here on Tob Radio.